You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to call in. 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. I don't believe we have any new callers, so let's just kick it off with AA Ron. See what's going on. Hello. Come on now. <laughs> Alright. Next call is also from AA Ron, who I think got his phone working. Hey, it's me again. Hey, man. Um one one more thought about this idea of making these flash judgments and then oh people can't change based on that first in, initial impression. Yeah, I remember when Sam Darnold was drafted. Um, Colin Cowherd was ecstatic about him and was praising him and oh he's just such a he's he's a dude everyone respects him in that locker room he's a He's such an amazing talent, and he's going to be a star in this league. And his first game, he actually had an incredible game. I think he threw for three or four touchdowns. Um, And so Colin Coward was like, oh, yeah, like I said, he was the best. You know, he's going to be a star. And then, uh, you know, a few years out, (laughs) now look where Sam Darnold is. And that pick, uh, that prediction did not turn out so well. Um, and, uh, of course you don't really hear, you know, him saying, yeah, I was totally wrong on that. I mean, I don't know. He just, whatever. But that's the whole thing. You could have, even if Jordan Love plays incredibly well in that first game against Chicago this year, you know, it's not as if that's a, even a predictor of the future either. He could have a great game and then a bad game. Or he can have a horrible game, and then the next three games are pretty solid. Um, we just have such reactionary uh, takes to everything. So, anyways, uh, would love to know your thoughts on that. Thanks. Yeah, I, I've actually noticed one of the things that's becoming very obvious to me is people really get hung up on college. And Sam Darnold, I think, is a, is a good... Um, example of that because Sam Darnold was a very talented college quarterback and I remember even when he got off to a slow start in the pros there was very little doubt that he was going to improve um you know it's just he was such a good processor he could read the field so well he was so intelligent and he can do all these things with his arm and it's just a matter of time before he settles in and blah 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 I was just watching a something today on the YouTubes breaking down the NFC North because I just can't help myself. A lot of people are doing it and I'm watching every video that exists on that topic. And it was actually a really good video. I mean, I thought it was very good. It was run by a Vikings fan and he brought a guy in that I I don't think is a Vikings fan. Maybe he is. I have no idea. Um, But I I thought they did a good job of being fair. You know, I mean, they, they, they have their opinions, but nothing crazy and nothing that wasn't at least supported by something. But when talking about Jordan Love, you know, the, the guy that I thought was actually quite intelligent that was brought on kind of just brought up, you know, I have no no freaking clue what Jordan Love could be. He could be great. He could be terrible. They could win 11 games. They could win five games. Who knows? Which is essentially my contention. And the, the Vikings fan guy more or less agreed, but he said that he he went back to college. And if you watched him in college, the big thing with him was turnovers. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers didn't turn the ball over, which they completely ignored 2022. But they get so stuck on that. Everybody, I, I think there's a, there's a lot of reasons people don't like Jordan Love, but I think that's a big one. People are stuck on, well, he didn't do a good job in college, so he can't be a good pro. And, and, and again, it's the exact opposite for Justin Fields, because Fields was an incredible college quarterback. And so, again, there's that same 
Sam Darnold thing going on where it's like, well, you know he's going to get better. I mean, obviously, didn't you watch him in college? We all know he was elite, you know? So, I mean, come on, guys. We, we, We have to be smarter than this. We have to be. Things change. People change. Not always, and, and yes, there's going to be some correlation. Not very many bad college players go on to be elite players. But listen, if, let me put it this way. If Jordan Love's no good, Packer fans should hate this draft class. Because the whole thing with Jordan Love is he was a, an incredible quarterback in his second to last year. And then in his last year, things kind of went south. That's our entire draft class this year, with the exception of like three, two or three guys. Everybody is... If you watch tape from their their final year in college, it's bad, right? It's, it's or there's something wrong with it, you know. Uh, let's let's go through it. Let's start with Luke Musgrave. In three years, Luke Musgrave had grades of 60, 56, and sixty. In twenty twenty one, he had twenty uh, twenty two receptions and three hundred and four yards. And in twenty twenty two, his supposed breakout year, he played two games and then got injured. There's no data here that says he's a good tight end. Anywhere, ever. Jaden Reed, 2022, 70 PFF grade, 636 yards and five touchdowns. But if you really want to know why Jaden Reed was a second-round pick, you don't look at 2022, you look at 2021, when he had 1,026 yards, 10 touchdowns, and an 82.3 receiving grade. I mean, Jaden Reed's PFF grades in the final two years of his career are almost identical to Jordan Love's. Really, really good second to last year, and then, you know, he graded out fine, but it certainly wasn't his best 70 or whatever PFF grade in his final year. Why are we excited about Jaden Reed? How about Tucker Craft? In his final year, he only played 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 games. He had a 77 grade, 300 yards, 3 touchdowns, whoop de frickin do But in 2021, he had 770 yards and 6 touchdowns and a 90 PFF receiving grade. But he went down in that final year, you know, injured, a lot of bad games. I mean, yeah, 77 isn't bad, but that's really on the backs of two good games against Indiana State and Illinois State. Wow, Mr. South Dakota State Jackrabbits, whoop de frickin do So he had three good games. There's two, like, in the high 80s, and then there was a 76, but then it was 67, 65, 65, 61, 51, 48. And 48 was against freaking Delaware. His 51 grade was against Holy Cross. You can't do anything against Holy Cross. Five targets, two receptions, 17 yards, and a drop. 0.94 yards per route run. But again, you got to go back to 2021 to see when Tucker Craft really took off. Colby Wooden. I'm going literally in line. I skipped Lucas Van Ness because it doesn't apply to him. Every single player so far is the exact same thing. 70 PFF grade in 2022. 67 run defense grade, 72 pass rush grade. He only had 35 pressures on 371 attempts. That's less than 10%, and he had six sacks. So what? what's the big deal? Well, you got to go back to 2021 when he had an 80 PFF grade and an 81 pass rush grade, 41 pressures and seven sacks on 352 attempts. 2021 was his big flash year, and then he took a step back in 2022. Sean Clifford doesn't apply. He had kind of his breakout year in 2022. 81 grade, 80 passing grade. But everybody hates him anyway, so we don't have to worry about it. How about good old Dontavian Wicks? Man, oh man, everybody's excited about Dontavian Wicks, aren't they? Why? He played eight games and had a 59 PFF grade, a 59 receiving grade. His highest graded game was against Georgia Tech. He had seven targets, four receptions, 99 yards, and a touchdown with a 68 PFF grade, 70.9 receiving grade. That's his best game of the entire year in his eight games that he played. Why is everybody excited about Wicks? Why did the guy even get drafted in the fifth round? He shouldn't have even been an undrafted player. This is garbage. Why? Because in 2021, he had 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns with an 80 receiving grade. That's why. Carl Brooks doesn't apply. He was an absolute freak show in 2022, dominated everything and everyone. How about our freaking kicker, Anders Carlson? He had a 63 special teams grade. His kickoff grade was a 66. How do you mess that up? 66 kickoff grade. And then his field goal grade was a 68. That sounds bad, right? Isn't it? This is what everybody's talking about. Like, he was kind of a bad kicker. I don't understand this. Well, his field goal grade it was a 68 in 2021. 
It was a 73, or excuse me, 2022. And it was a 73 in 2021. It was a 90.4 in 2020. Kickoff grade was a 66. The year before that was a 78. The year before that was a 79.8. The year before that was an 86. So he's gotten worse every year, but they're not drafting him on his most recent year. They're drafting him on his upside, which as far as his field goal grade was a 90.4. And that year he was 96%, 25 of 24 extra points. He was 8 for 8 on 20-yard field goals, 5 of 6 on 30-yard field goals, 5 for 5 on 40-yard field goals, and 2 of 3 on 50-plus-yard field goals. But if you look at his final year and see how bad it was, like everybody does with Jordan Love, Anders Carlson is a bust and is a wasted pick. You can skip Carrington Valentine, because honestly, he's never really graded out well any year. Um, but then you get to Lou Nichols. Lou Nichols, 2022, 616 yards, 6 touchdowns, 62 PFF grade, 69 rushing grade. Why is any of this good? It's not. He was drafted not because of 2022, but because of 2021, when he had 1,846 yards, 5.4 yards per attempt, 16 touchdowns, and an 86 rushing grade. It was actually even higher in 2021. His yards per attempt, it was 6.4. But 2022, 3.5 yards per attempt and a 69 rushing grade. Man, you can kind of skip the last two. Anthony Johnson has been pretty solid his entire college career. Grant DeBose was better in 2021 than 2022, but it was kind of marginally. Um, 889 yards compared to 793, but he had more touchdowns in 2022. His PFF grade was a 73 in 2022, a 77 in 2021. So again, marginally better, but not massively. But that is the majority. The majority of our draft class was kind of terrible in 2022. If you only, what in the world is the point of that noise? If you only look at 2022, this draft class is a joke. It's a complete joke. So anyways, long answer. But yeah, we we get so stuck in these draft assessments. Like, no, 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 he was really good. Mike Mayock told me, like back in, you know, 2015, 13 that he was going to be really good on the television and so he's he's going to turn it around i know it no no he's he's not going to retire this year he's he's going to turn it around that's what the the draft people said he was really good and he's got to be good sometimes really good players go on to suck sometimes college players that weren't necessarily in the best programs the best players and all that go on to be good football players it happens very sorry to inform you that it happens, but it does happen. Hey, Ryan, it's Gary. Hey, hey. I'm going to give you my advice for uh, back issues. Okay. So I have been delivering mail. For the record, it's it's doing a lot better. I um, mostly just decided to suck it up. The one thing that did finally help, I put on those stupid patches, the icy hot cold things, and do jack squat, um, whatever. Tried all these. Pain medicine was useless. Heating pad. Interestingly enough, heating pad got the job done. Guess you just gotta try stuff. I don't know. Whatever. Since 91. And tore up my back pretty bad once. And the therapy that I received was half of it was spent in a pool, swimming, and doing calisthenics in the pool. So it's low impact on the the back itself. Um, Then another quarter of it was basically massage and 10 units hooked up to my back, so electrical stimulation. You can go to like Walgreens and get a 10 unit to hook up to your back, and it does, that electrical stimulation does help a bunch. Um, Then the other thing is, uh, I would say walking does help, and because I wear a duty belt at night for the sheriff's department and all that weight that pulls on my waist, um, a lot of core, you know, planking, just like the other uh, caller had said previously, uh, just working on your core makes a big, big difference. So I know you don't uh, like exercising any more than you'd like vegetables, probably. Hey, so hey, 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 hey. It, it is what it what is. is. that supposed to mean? And you're going to have to start doing some of it, I think. So uh, start walking and see what happens and then go from there so i'm out who said i didn't like exercise what what, wait what what wait a minute apparently i have given a very poor image of myself 
<laughs> if you don't eat vegetables, that means you eat cake and lay on the floor in squalor. Probably don't freaking shower either, do you? Just a fat, stinky, stupid person. I don't like vegetables, all right? I'm sorry. This might blow some people's minds, but you can do push-ups having eaten no celery that day. It's crazy. Turns out there's very, very little benefit to uh, your your um, exertion and how much fibrous water you've eaten that day. But anyways, I appreciate the, the uh, suggestions. No! No, no, not six! I said seven. Nobody's coming up with six. Who works out in six minutes? You won't even get your heart going, not even a mouse right. on a wheel. Good point. Seven's yeah. the key number here. Think about it. Right. Seven, seven elevens? Yeah. Seven dwarfs? Seven, man, that's the number. Seven chipmunks twirling on a branch, eating lots of sunflowers on my uncle's ranch. You know that old children's tale from the sea? It's like you're dreaming about gorgonzola cheese when it's clearly... Free time, baby. Step into my office. Why? Because you're fired. I got to be honest. If, if I were to think back over my life at times when I've watched a movie and laughed and tried to figure out when I've laughed the hardest, this has got to be in the top ten. That line, step into my office, I, I just died. And then, like, four of the other ten are in Dodgeball. I don't know where else the other ones are coming from, but I watch Dodgeball in the theaters, and um, it's one of those things where I'm trying not to laugh hysterically because the scene's been over for five minutes, and I keep remembering it, and I start just geeking out. And then the next one comes, oh, man, I just freaking lost it. But Step Into My Office was another one that had me just in tears. Wow. This is Dan from California. So they have the uh, the play callers, the podcast, yeah. the eight part series about the Shanahan is three, it and it's just the modern guys, right? It's Kyle McVeigh, it's uh, Lafleur, um, or not McDaniel, Mike McDaniel, and then uh, there's some other guys. I'm like halfway through. I'm on the fourth episode, but. It really illustrates why sometimes we fall flat on our face. Because everything is so high level and in tune to the, the scheme you're playing against. If, they, if uh, for example, nobody could stop the Rams in 2017 and 2018, right? And all of a sudden the Bears lay down the blueprint right of how to do it and um, that year they were a machine they would set up and have the game plan and basically whatever you're playing the perfect defense is we want to attack the weakness of their perfection and they would just win every time well they showed up the Super Bowl against the Patriots the Patriots didn't do what they expected the Patriots did what the Bears did, and they didn't have the answers on the fly. It shocked their confidence, and that's why they lost. Well, going up against Todd Bowles and going up against Robert Sala, when um, they have pressure packages and when they cover space, which is unfamiliar, and there's not answers for yet. They don't have the answer at the time. They just get... Because uh, they're not doing what they expect them to do, and they just get knocked out. It's pretty crazy. But watch it. You'll understand what I'm talking about. Or listen to it. It's like eight, eight episodes, eight hours. Go, Petco. Yeah, so as I, I mentioned, or will mention, or whatever, I don't know. Um, I did start that, and um, I think I got two, two and a half episodes in. I, I got to buckle down and finish it. But I, I just, I honestly just found it very boring. Um they they went too in depth in my opinion. I mean it, it's it's fine if you really want like the full story and all their relationships and how it all went. But then you know even after a while like it became not even really chronological and like I'm getting lost. Where, where what what year are we in right now? Because now we're like focused just on uh, McVeigh and Shanahan and it's I, I don't know. I mean there's some interesting details. Um, I, I think like what was the one where they were talking about how they I think. L.A. wanted Shanahan, but they couldn't set up a meeting or something, so they're just like, screw it, let's just go with uh, McVeigh or something like that. I don't know. So there's, there's 
semi-interesting tidbits like that that I'm going to forget in 10 seconds. As you can tell, I'm already forgetting the details of that. But, I mean, I, I what you brought up is very interesting, and that's kind of what I've been fishing for is, you know, give me some specifics on what the heck we're doing here. And it, it for the most part, and again, maybe I'm just not far enough in, it's just a lot of detailing their personalities, um, how driven they are, how in, intensive this whole process is, how many just thousands of hours these guys have put in just to this offensive system and everything else. And that's cool. I just, you know, I mostly wanted to see if I could learn something, maybe a little bit about the scheme and mostly just want to hear from Matt LaFleur. And I've heard almost nothing from Matt LaFleur, obviously, because I mean, you know, Kyle's a much more interesting person or whatever, but obviously is like the originator essentially of this offense in a way. You know, you could say, well, no, it goes back to his dad and everything else. But really, from what I heard, it sounds like, you know, Kyle was kind of there with his dad, thinking his dad was Superman, and watched his dad flounder and fail and was kind of just approaching it different. Like, why don't you guys just do this and this and this? And he kind of came up with the more modern adaptations to that older scheme so that it can work against modern defenses. And so he kind of is, in a sense, the originator of this Shanahan scheme, I guess which I don't even know if it started with Mike. It probably goes way back before Mike, but it kind of takes some 90s offenses and modernizes or whatever, but I'm probably getting that wrong too. I don't know. But yeah, I I, got to jump back in and there are some good takeaways. I I will uh, illustrate that. I think it's on tomorrow's podcast. I'm so lost on where everything is and when I record what and say what. Maybe I said it on yesterday's Packernet After Dark. I don't know. But oh no, it it is tomorrow's episode. That's what it is because it's I, I give you like my two big takeaways. And and spoiler alert, the first one was it's boring. <laughs> I I everybody loves it. I found it incredibly boring. And I after about two and a half episodes, I was like all right, I'm I zoned out like the entire half of that third episode. I wasn't even paying attention, so I got to just jump off here because there's no point playing this audio, and I'm not even paying attention because it's just not interesting to me. I won't give you the second thing. That'll be for tomorrow. But yeah, no, that's a that, that is a, a good insight. Um, and it does kind of make sense, I guess, when you look at it and say, you know, we're going to study your defense and we're going to adapt our offense to be able to attack your defense. And if they change that, it's kind of hard to do it on the fly because I spent a week developing an offensive game plan. I can't sit here and just make a new one, which seems like a pretty fundamental flaw. You would think you would have a better understanding of just generally attacking concepts. And so if they come up with something else, you can still identify what the concept is that this defense is running and understand what your offensive piece to that is. You know, it's it's chess. You, you know, attack a certain way and they modify what they're doing and you have to alter your attack and you adapt to what you're, the, the person across from you is doing. And if you don't have that flexibility, I just, I don't think you're going to be able to really make it because it, it almost sounds like there's an easy way to defeat Matt LaFleur or any of these other guys. And that is just simply don't do what you usually do. And I know that's going to make you uncomfortable, but it sounds like they can't do anything about it. I don't know. I'm not saying just do something random, but just pick something else. Like you said, there there was the Patriots saw what the Bears did and said, let's run our defense a little bit more like what the Bears. I don't know specifically what that means, but there have to be adaptations within your defense that uh, follow those concepts, whatever it was. Like, for example, I, I remember the, we all remember the day the Packers elite 2011 offense died and it was when we went up against the undefeated denver broncos and essentially what they did is they just said we're not going to play scared of these wide receivers right everybody was scared everybody's playing back and off and everything else and the broncos said screw that we're going to get in your face and we're going to jam them up they messed with the timing nobody could get open they were physical and it just completely destroyed the packers offense and then everyone just started doing that right you might be more of a zone centered team but you can adapt for a week if that's going to completely shut down a powerhouse offense, right? Anybody could and would adapt to that. So again, I haven't gotten to that point or, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, of course there's, I'm sure, nuance and intricacies in, as far as how all that goes or whatever, but um, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good tidbit, and I hope to find more of those as I continue my journey through that podcast. Hey, Ryan, it's Jersey Mike. Uh, so I just... Uh, <sighs> I got an interesting tidbit of information to throw to you real quick. Okay, dope. So, um, I don't know what game it is, but or, or what? Sorry, what year? Um, and, and what week or whatever? But it's Detroit versus Chicago. Okay, and it is a Matt Forte touchdown. 
Um, they start out on the what looks to be the 11-yard line on a little screen to Matt Forte. Okay. Anyway, um, I mean, that, that, that's not the, the special part. The special part is this is an NFL throwback video. So this is an NFL channel, right, on YouTube. And because I'm a YouTube uh, premium subscriber, and I also subscribe to a bunch of Google stuff, I get some to view some analytical stuff. And lo and behold, this particular part of a 25-minute NFL He's Too Fast moment, um, you can go look it up on YouTube, this specific play is the most replayed part <laughs> of this entire video. 25 <laughs> minutes of guys like Calvin Johnson and so uh, I don't even know who else. Uh, Chris Johnson, uh, Devin Hester, Mike Vick. <laughs> There's one play with a barely known, I mean, okay, he's not barely known. Matt Forte was a good running back, let's be honest. But, yeah. but not, not like a super significant guy. And that is the most replayed moment <laughs> of the entire video. You know what this tells me? Oh, yeah. Bears fans got nothing better to do. They're going back in time to, to watch these videos of these great Bears because they suck so bad. Um, anyway, I, I, if you can go find the game, this was at a, a minute 13 left in the second, um, and the Bears are down uh, to the Lions, 14-3. to And on the same day that this game is, Denver is playing Jacksonville. Um, I don't know if you want to look into it, if there's anything significant about that game, why people, like, is, are people clipping it? Or is it, like, it has to be just Bears fans. Like, why are you specifically going to that moment? I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. It is funny because it just it, it it just highlights such a pathetic fan base. <laughs> like we like our highlights and we watch highlights and there's people that post highlights and they're fun to watch and all that. I don't generally get into it as much as a lot of people. There's some people that's all they do on Twitter is post highlights because they get a billion clicks and whatnot. But um, you know, I look at it, it's like oh yeah, whatever. Um, I don't know. I don't I don't gush over it quite as much as a lot of people do. But man, Bears fans are something else. I mean, how, how many times have they thrown the, what is it, a 20-minute highlight video of, of Justin Fields or something in, in your face? I mean, they, they they are convinced he's a great player because of his highlights. How do I... Be, because all they do is watch his highlights, apparently. But all right, I found the uh, play you're talking about. It took me a while because I thought when you said the 11-yard line, you were talking about the opponent 11-yard line. It, but I guess it makes sense for a big highlight that it would be their 11-yard line that they scored on. This is... Back in 2010, Jay Cutler completes a pass to Matt Forte for an 89-yard touchdown. That was the other thing that threw me is you mentioned I think it was a pass, but I was looking for a run because he's a running back. But no, there really is nothing significant about the game. In fact, it was week one of uh, the 2010 season. This is the Lovey Smith uh, Bears. They did go 11-5, and had a pretty good year. Unfortunately, it ended in the playoffs. You might know something about that when the Green Bay Packers knocked them out of the playoffs, and went on to win the Super Bowl. Man, I I forget about things like that and just realize, no wonder they hate us so much. Can you think of anything worse? I mean, at that point, we had already been curb-stomping the Bears for 20 years. They finally get their footing. And, and in that 2000 stretch, like the Lovey Smith stretch, there was some give and take between the Packers and the Bears. And you finally get on your feet, and you're finally beating teams. In fact... They were, uh, what, 4-3 and three before their bye, so kind of a 500 team. They ended 11-5. and five. They had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 games in a row that they won. They lost to the Patriots. Then they beat the Vikings and Jets and then lost to the Packers 10-3, to three, so it was close. But you're, you're going in strong. You play the Seattle Seahawks. You bludgeon them 35-24. to 24. Then you have the Green Bay Packers on your own home turf in Chicago. And you lose 21-14. And not only is it the Packers that crush your dreams, but they go on to win the Super Bowl that year. That has just got to be the absolute worst possible thing I could ever imagine if you're a Bears fan. There's nothing worse, and that's exactly what happened. Anyways, we got to take a break. Forgot to do that, so why don't we do that? We'll come back and see what Matt's all about. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. 
We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, so Matt's first call was just a long, detailed thing about uh, my back, and he said he didn't really want it on the air, which makes sense, and I appreciate that, because I don't know if anyone super wants to listen, but I do appreciate that, and as I said, my back is getting better. I can still feel it a little bit. Definitely feels like a muscle thing, Um, but today I was able to... In fact, that's probably why it's hurting again, because I was picking up my kids. Of course, they always want to do all this stuff, you know, pick me up, do this like jumping thing where they grab my thumbs and I like, you know, they jump and I spring them way up into the air. Um, And I haven't been able to do that in a very long time. And so as soon as, you know, I picked up my one daughter, my youngest, and just held her for a little bit, my other daughter comes over and she's like, can we do the jumpy thing? It's like, oh, yeah, I... I guess I can't really say no because my back's feeling so we did that for a long time and now it's like oh no my back isn't completely better but it is quite a bit better um and I am very confident that it will be going away in the next couple days I just gotta take her easy and you know do my six minute at seven minute abs and uh maybe throw the heating pack on it a little bit it'll be all right but anyways Matt did call back so Matt what's going on hey Ryan this is Matt from southern Indiana again um, I know I just previously had called to, you know, make sure your back's doing okay, but um, one thing I forgot to mention was I just want to make sure that you don't have a chink in the arm oh, or come that's on. missing in your back, perhaps a broken vertebrae you or something. Say that. And uh, the only reason I'm saying that is that uh, that whole uh, spiel that you got into uh, with the chink in the armor today uh, was hilarious enough to get my wife almost rolling on the ground laughing. So thank you for the entertainment. Hope you're feeling better, bud. Take care and go back, go. Yeah, I, um, you know, we just, we just got to lay some ground rules, man. You know, I mean, in today's society, in 2023, you're not allowed to say pretty much anything. And so it's my job and responsibility to honor the requests of everybody and make sure that everybody feels comfortable and that nobody says anything because if you say something then somebody will be upset and then we can't have that so you know i I, you got to make rules and one of the rules is i don't want people calling in saying chink in the armor um relatively benign saying um but that word can also be used to mean something else and so we can't say it and so matt i appreciate you bringing that up and just reminding everybody um, you know, that you can't say that on this show. So if you don't mind, we're just going to leave that in the past and move on in a more positive direction. Uh, hey, Ryan. Ah, this is uh, Nico. What's up, Nico? So I was listening the other day to the 
think it was Nate that was getting super mad. Could be. What guy did I forget though? Sounds legit. Uh, about, you know, someone he knew that was saying, you know, how the Packers, he doesn't think Jordan Love would be good because he just had Rodgers. You know, by the way, Nate, love your energy. Yep. Um, <clears throat> don't ever stop getting mad. Um, anger is beautiful. Um, <laughs> When you're when you're mad at dumb things, when you when you're mad at bad stuff, then anger is, is good. If you're mad at good things, well then you know you're bad. You know what just occurred to me? We should have a Packernet After Dark podcast, but not like this Packernet After Dark podcast. It's the callers for Packernet After Dark do a podcast, and there's like you know fifty of them, and it's just a big loud roundtable. And that's that's how that would go, or or just have a host, you know, Thomas Austin or something could try to host it and, and set it in a, a direction, and then we'll just see how that goes. So that would be, I would be entertained by it. I don't know, I don't know if anybody else would, but I would watch the crap out of that. Oh, uh, but yes, keep it up, keep up the good work, Nate. Keep the anger flowing. Yep, directing it to all the dumb dumbs. But anyway, <clears throat> the people that say. Oh, the Packers can't have. Oh, those Jordan Love can't be good because you know, they just had two good quarterbacks in a row. Uh-huh. Can't have three. I, mean, I don't know. Um, one, you stupid. But two, <laughs> I think we can prove that uh, by going no further than just taking a glimpse south of Green Bay at the trash can franchise known as the Chicago Bears. If it was impossible to have three good ones in a row, I would think it would be more impossible to have eight hundred. Trash can quarterback too, which is what the Bears have had. I mean, we all remember, at least us old folks. Even back in like the Brett Favre days, you know, John Madden would be like, "Hey, Brett Favre has been the, you know, the quarterback in Packers for twelve years, and here's and every yeah, time they play of... the Bears, we've seen it all. Yep. We see all see this. Then they list all the quarterbacks the Bears have had since Brett Favre, and they'd be like thirteen I think they of them. Did that recently last year when Rodgers played the Bears? Listed all the quarterbacks that Rodgers had. I didn't even have it up on like a screen, like eight hundred quarterbacks. And some of them I liked. I love Jay Cutler. You know, I wish yeah. he would come back. Um, I know our defensive backfield loves Jay Cutler too, but hey, um, uh, you know, I miss Jay Cutler. But anyways, um, if it was impossible to have three good, you know, quarterbacks in a row, I think it would be more impossible to have 800 absolute garbage trash can fire quarterbacks, which is what the Bears have done. And, uh, yeah, so... uh <laughs> It seemed kind of funnier when I thought about it the other day. I don't know, maybe it's still got a little, little uh, legs to it. But I would, I just go out of my way to trash the Bears any way I can. I do thank them for remaining trash um, and being an easy target. Yeah, it's low hanging fruit, but it's the Bears, and um, you know the Bears still suck. All the good things rolled into one. Boom, dumpster fire. I, in fact, I think. Uh, the word Chicago, you know, a lot of Indian culture in that part of the country, you know, I think the word Chicago is actually ancient Indian for uh, trash can. So, yeah, uh, good good job, Bears. Uh, go Pack Go, and uh, uh, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Yeah, I remember, I think the um, Brett Favre one was even more uh, pronounced, I guess you would say, because there was a period where I think the Bears had like a new quarterback every year. That's pretty close to what they're doing now. It's every two to three years or something. But I mean, it was it was just a constant revolving door of quarterbacks, and it was hilarious to see. By the way, you know what is absolutely freaking hilarious? I wanted to look up the origin of um, the word Chicago. I never learned it. I don't. I didn't know what it was. I uh, I knew it wasn't trash can, or at least I was ninety nine percent sure you were joking. Um, strangely enough, it's actually very close. <laughs> Oh, man. This is from, um, what is it, Sky Deck Chicago. It says, um, the most accepted Chicago meaning is a word that comes from the Algonquin language, Chicaqua, meaning striped skunk or onion. And then from uh, Chicagoology, Chicagoology, whatever, it says the official origin is that Chicago is the French version of the Miami, Illinois word Chicaqua, or stinky onion, named for the garlic plant, not onion, which is common along the Chicago River. However, there have been many theories over the years, and here are some of them. Chicagoa, which is the Miami and Illinois word for skunk. Then there's also some other similar words. Uh, thunder, Indian tribe, 
playful waters. Doesn't matter. Oh, stinky onion people. Hey, 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 Ryan, how you doing? This is Nico. What's up? Oh, sitting on my balcony, uh, smoking a stogie, watching uh, the uh, Jacob of the uh, Packers podcast where they talk about uh, Jordan Love. Oh my gosh, my brain just went bye bye. Um, Packers for Alexis. I was watching the YouTube video. Man, that, that one guy that I guess host they got on was you know, breaking out some plays and doing love. Oh, that gets me excited. I don't know if you've seen it yet, uh, but I tell you what. Man, it looks like Let me let my dumb cat get in. All right, so. And then I was scrolling down, and he, he uh, the same guy that had on the podcast, he has a Luke Musgrave like breakdown. Oh yeah. my gosh, the guy is like a mini Gronk. <laughs> now, I, I've watched some stuff of the uh, crafts. And uh, high school footage, and dude look like like a giant just running through people, just messing people up. And I know as as you get on into football, uh, he's not going to have that much you know uh, physical advantages over pro players. But I tell you what, did we just draft like Gronk in Tucker Craft and like a Jimmy What's His Face Graham in Musgrave? Because that'd be dope. I, ah, I know I'm super optimistic. Um, and I just assume every first we draft is going to be good, but yeah. I tell you what, their film was so good. And unlike the uh, dumpster fighter trash bears, we have what's called good coaching and a good, you know, uh, organization. I don't know. I think, I mean, I, I, at first I really liked Kraft. When, it, when the, we were both drafted, him and Musgrave, I watched both videos, I really liked Kraft. The dude looked like like just a, a battling ram. He looked like a freaking snowplow just going through people. And then, but Musgrave, even though he gets a little one-handed tackle, the dude is so big and fast, still, with that, with that issue of getting tackled easy, he's going to spread some stuff out. But man, these two guys, ah, uh, I know I'm just, I'm a freaking fanboy, but man, those two tight ends, they could, it could be like a little, Jimmy Graham and Gronk on the same team. I'll tell you what. I get more excited every day. I can't wait for the season. My brain is already smoking. Like, years. I can't believe it. I can't wait. So, uh, uh, go pack go. Gary still sucks. And, uh, Kraft is gonna, he's gonna lay some wood. He is gonna run some people over and he's gonna get up and do it again. I can't wait. Ah! All right, go pack. Yeah, I, I I just can't wait for training camp so that we have reasons to get super geek. I mean, you, you don't need training camp. I'm not saying that, but it's going to be so much easier just to hear the stuff coming out. I, I, I hope there's a lot of highlights for everybody. There should be enough to go around. Just reasons to start geeking out about stuff. Um, you know, and some guys we haven't really heard anything about, like Tucker Craft. He really didn't participate a ton. And uh, when he did, there really wasn't much coming out. It was all Musgrave and Dobbs for the most part. So we'll see. You know, training camp will, will roll around and we'll get a little bit more information. And then eventually the pads go on and obviously you get the uh, um, joint practices will be kind of the, uh, a glimpse as well as the preseason at, you know, padded with real opposition kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, man, the, the only thing I'll say about Kraft is... I'm excited that everybody's excited, but until we find a human being powerful enough to break the third round curse, and, and I will admit, if anyone's going to do it, I think Tucker Craft can do it, but I, I, Sean Ryan about broke me, and I, you know, I don't want to give up on Sean Ryan, he could still be something special, maybe he just needs some time, whatever, but dude, that guy, I was wondering if he was about to get cut as a third round pick, he couldn't he wasn't out there with, like, the third team. He wasn't even the backup's backup, man. Sean Ryan just he just didn't exist. We don't even speak his name. It is a literal black hole, the third-round pick. Josiah DeGuara might as well be Brett freaking Favre, as far as I'm concerned, when you're talking about third-round picks. Just, just hang... We should retire his number and just hang a banner in the stadium. What was Morgan Burnett the last good third-round pick we've had? It's it's insane how bad they've been. Now, he did say that they've adjusted their strategy and they, they looked into it and tweaked their approach to the third round. So I 
I don't know. I don't know. First of all, if I had to pick the Packers' two best rounds, I don't know that it isn't second and fourth. And that just really confuses the living crap out of me. The fact that our worst is, like, first round, Ted Thompson, I think, was was not great, especially toward the end. Gutekunst, I think, has done a good job in the first round. So it's like, solid first round, fantastic second round, worst team of any position, like, any team, any round, it doesn't matter, this is the worst. And then fourth round, it, it doesn't get much better than the Packers in the fourth round. It's It's incredible. And I just, for the life of me, do not understand that, but... Uh, yeah, I, I, I gotta see it to believe it. And, and, and the fact that, again, we haven't heard his name, <laughs> you know, it's like, just complete a pass to the guy. Give me anything to work with here, because I want to believe. I really do. Hey, it's me again. Hello, Nico. Um, I just can't stop there, Jay Crest. i tell you what, uh, if I had to just purchase one Packer jersey this year, it's going to be a tough craft. Uh, when I, when I... <clears throat> When I go to the uh, Thursday night game on September 28th, I'm debating on whether to wear a jersey or not. I don't know. I, I do also have a lovely long sleeve green, uh, green colored uh, Packernet podcast shirt that I bought years ago. Uh, when you did shirts a long time ago, I'm definitely wearing that. Yeah. Even if I wear, I, I'd probably wear that over the jersey. But anyway, come get me a craft jersey. That guy's going to be just a freaking snowplow. He's going to run people over. They can look bad. Sorry, called back. Apology, I just couldn't help it because I'm watching more videos and it was just freaking amazing. So, hey, 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 guess what? Go back up. So, I'm not entirely sure what all went on there, but I know Google translated the first part into um, it's going to be a cup of crap. So, that was confusing. But no, we gotta we gotta make sure that you're wearing your your Packernet attire, and if you don't have any, we you know we gotta make sure that that's rectified. But it sounds like you got that figured out. But I I am excited that you're excited, Nico. I'll I'll say that, and I'm excited to get excited. I'm I I'm I'm just excited that we've got 11 days. I think it is uh, until training camp. That's what I'm excited about. I'm ex- I'm excited that things are about to happen. But um, try not to get too excited about the season because you know that's when your mind starts going down negative paths. But I'm excited about training camp because nothing really bad happens in training camp. There's only good news, and all the bad news is just, oh, who cares? It's training camp, right? You just do that whole routine. Everything good proves everything good is going to happen. And then every time something bad happens, you're just like, so what is training camp? It doesn't matter. Who cares? What's up, Ryan? It's Eli, the carpenter from Duluth again. What's up? Here you're getting low on calls, so I figured I should call back in and check in on you guys. Appreciate it. But uh, just wanted to say, first of all, thanks, everybody, for the suggestions on the tattoo. I uh, oh, don't know when I'm going to get it, but when I do, I'll find a way to share it with everybody here. Uh, Got to say, my favorite was the lion biting the kneecap. I <laughs> uh, don't know who did it, but I had to look up that video for reference, and uh, I got a lot of entertainment out of that. I didn't know that interview existed, and that was pretty funny. So uh, definitely my favorite idea, but probably not going to go with it. Probably going to go with the uh, the Bills idea, just because a lot of Bills ideas, and Buffaloes are pretty cool. But uh, what else do we got here? Oh, I'm a Joe the Janitor truther, for sure. Okay. I don't know Get why you would lie about being a janitor. Um, no offense to janitors, just not really a thing <laughs> I would lie about, so uh, that's it for that. And you um, ooh, my win total for the season, 12 wins. Okay. Uh, don't really care. I'll stand on that all day. And then, uh, oh, for your veggies, what you need to do is get you some Cavenders all-purpose Greek seasoning. Um, you throw that on anything, really. A little bit of olive oil, that, roast it. Um, you're not going to go wrong. I mean, yeah, that's about it. If you want to eat more veggies, get you some Cavenders. Cavenders? But, uh, that's about it for me. I'll call back in later with um, you spell maybe Cavenders? some actual Packers no, stuff. But that is right. That's about it. Go Pack Go. Cavenders Greek seasoning, all-purpose seasoning. All right, you you got my attention here. Um, a tantalizing taste treat, an ancient Greek formula. Oh, there you go. I'm not opposed to just a good AP, you know what I mean? A little all-purpose seasoning. You can put it on your... They show the picture here. It's like you put it on your popcorn... Put it on your steaks. Put it on your veggies. I could dig it. I don't see. Just trying to think if I would actually do that because, like, 
I'm, I'm dipping my toe in the vegetable thing, right? I can eat carrots. I don't mind carrots. They're fine. Like I said, I force-fed myself carrots long enough. It, was, it really didn't even take that long, which I, I started doing it with celery, too, because I was like, you know what? Celery is like eating nothing, it's like a weird spiciness to it or whatever, which is kind of gross. But, um, you know, there's a whole thing where you're basically losing weight because you're burning more calories processing it than you are actually putting into your body. Um, so I was like, that'll be the next thing. So I started just eating celery, but I just eat it raw. Like I, 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 um, full disclosure, I am officially on the AI diet. Yes, I'm an idiot. Shut up. I don't care. But basically I put in my parameters and the AI is like, okay, here's your meal plan for the day. And then I kind of cross-reference the calories or whatever. That's pretty much an estimate anyways. Even if you have like a calorie tracker, which I do, you, if you if you ever played with those, they're like, okay, I had this. And they're like, okay, well, was it was there visible fat? or you know, there, There's wild swings in calories depending on what you select, and you're probably picking the wrong one. But anyways, the point is they're always like, oh, do some like, the heck is it, like roasted carrots. I'm like, I'm not going to roast them, dude. I'm just going to eat the carrot like it is. Although I will say, um, back in the day, I haven't done this in a while. I know my kids love it, but you you, you throw like a, a big old pork roast in the crock pot with some carrots and, uh, and potatoes, and it just, everything tastes the same. You know, they're just different textures of the same flavor. That ain't bad, but I, I, I guess I'm just wondering, would I do it or not? And And another thing, my wife actually did make broccoli in our little little mini oven thing, and she seasoned the living crap out of them. But they just ended up like these flat, mushy things that are real salty. And it wasn't bad. So maybe I could try that, throw a little Cavenders on it. Plus, it's an excuse to buy more seasoning. And I'm a little bit of an addict when it comes to seasonings. Holy crap. <laughs> you can only buy this in bulk or what? Clicked on the, the buy it, and the first thing that pops up is $50. But it's it's a five-pound tub. Or you can get the a four-pack for $21. You've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. You can buy a twelve pack of the three and a quarter ounces for thirty-eight. Like, can, can I just get a mini shaker? What's Amazon up to these days? For crying out loud! Hey, can I get some seasoning? Sure. You want twenty or fifty? What do you want? <laughs> what? You want shakes? Uh, tablespoons? What are you talking about? Oh, see, now you're gonna get me in trouble because I just typed in Cavender's all-purpose Greek seasoning, and the first thing that popped up, which is a sponsored ad. Uh, Spiceology has their Greek Freak Mix, and I like Spiceology. And I wasn't going to get that because I'm like, I don't even know what Greek flavors are, to be honest with you. What do we got here? We got orange peel, garlic and onion, parsley, tomato, chili pepper. That sounds good. So I can get the... I'm taking you guys on a journey with me here. I can get the two-ounce salt-free Greek Freak, which is fine. I don't mind salt-free because you can just add your own salt to it. That's $13. Or I can get the three and a half ounce Cavenders for seven forty. So I guess we'll just go that route. Sorry, Spiceology, you lose. Sid's gunpowder seasoning doesn't sound like it would taste good. All-purpose Greek seasoning blend by Papagiros. This is like a whole other world over here. These Greek seasonings still got the cool names though. All right, I'm doing it. I am gonna buy it, and there we go. Cavenders Greek seasoning that I will be putting on cooked vegetables. So I guess that's a thing now. This is now a thing that I do, just for you people. But all right, I got you down, man. We got uh, Eli the Carpenter is officially a truther, and then um, we've got 12 wins here. So the lowest win total, by the way, of the four people that have given win totals is 10. Apparently the biggest skeptics (laughs) that listen to my show uh, have us at 10 wins. Anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. You guys have a good rest of your night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.